welcome to another episode of Interactive Control, the place to get all your burning industrial control questions answered. I'm your host, Michelle Rosinski. Today, I'll be talking about the differences between distributed control systems and programmable logic controllers with my guest, Nate Martin. Nate is a lead product manager for Nexus Controls. He's responsible for aligning the features of the Nexus Encore control system with the current and future needs of customers in a variety of industries. As a chemical engineer by education and practice, Nate Martin has been around manufacturing facilities his entire 20-year career, serving as both a product development engineer and a field services manager. For the past 15 years, he has been a product and portfolio manager working closely with customers in the construction, oil and gas, industrial, and power generation markets. He is always listening and learning from customers about their concerns and requirements for future improvements. Nate holds a BS in chemical engineering from the University of Colorado and an MBA from the University of Denver. Have you ever wondered if you should be using a DCS or PLC for your application? If so, today is your lucky day. We'll answer this question and more. So listen in to learn on. Hi, Nate. Thank you so much for joining us today on this edition of Interactive Control. Well, thank you for having me, Michelle. I appreciate it. So today we're going to talk about control systems and specifically how um, control system user may consider leveraging a distributed control system as an alternative to a PLC. So could you start off by telling us how your knowledge, um, how your role or past research has led to your knowledge of control systems? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, I'm a chemical engineer by education. Uh, so that means I sort of had a basis of controls theory and how these systems work uh, just going through college. And my first role out of college was actually as a uh, product development engineer, and I was working in uh, uh, polymer plants, and so making films and things like that. And so I learned very, very, on, very early on the importance of a good control system and how it sort of matters to the whole facility. And then uh, for the last 15 years, I've been a, a product manager for manufacturing companies, and I've spent a lot of time really listening to to customers who are running large facilities, whether it's in the power industry or it's in the retail industry or a whole, whole bunch of different or even schools and things like that and just understanding the importance of how their systems might work internally and really talking to them about you know what's what's the uh, what are the critical functions and sort of how the process works so I spent a lot of time just listening and learning to people manufacturing a variety of things uh, and understanding how their entire process works Great. Yeah. So that seems like very relevant information coming at you from real life customers that you, you know, has built up your kind of knowledge and view in this space. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the beauty of it is you get a lot of different interactions, right? A lot of different experience. Yes, yes, which is very valuable. Um, so with leveraging distributed control systems as an alternative to PLCs, can you give a quick overview of how distributed control system could be used in place of a PLC? Yeah, so DCS systems or distributed control systems are widely thought of as these, these pieces of equipment that run very large, complex facilities, right, or processes of various kinds. And it pretty much runs across industries, right, whether you're in the metals industry, the power industry, you're in petrochemical, wherever you happen to be, you probably got some sort of DCS system running in your facility, regardless if it's a small plant or a large plant. 
or it's a newly renovated plant, you've got something in there sort of controlling the entire process. And typically that's how we thought of DCS systems is running these large complex processes. And what we've done over the last probably decade or 20 years even uh, with the difference between PLCs and DCS is they started to sort of merge, right? Where DCS are starting to become, uh, starting to take on a lot of the attributes of a P PLC and PLCs are slowly starting to pick up some of the attributes of the DCS. And so now what we're starting to see is that DCS systems that again, we're used to running these large, you know, tens of thousands of IO systems are now coming down to running these very small applications that might only be 50, 75 IO, but they've gotten very good at flexing to the large and flexing all the way down to the very small applications. And so what we're seeing now, especially uh, with a lot of the rise of a lot of the digital tool sets and customers now are wanting a lot more out of their systems than maybe what a traditional PLC can supply. And so now it's created this area of interest that is really ripe for DCS systems. So anytime a customer is looking at something and they wanna, maybe they wanna reduce complexity, maybe that they want a little more advanced diagnostics, maybe they want more visibility into their process, or maybe they're looking at digital tools and they wanna add some of those. That's where a DCS can really start to provide value even in a very small asset that they're trying to control. I see. And so probably, I don't think we said this, PLC stands for Programmable Logic Controller. Right. Um, and then DCS is distributed control system. And so as you mentioned, <clears throat> traditionally the DCS would be used to run a bigger portion of an entire process, whereas a PLC would be used to run maybe a single piece of equipment or, or a smaller portion of the process. But over the years, the lines have blurred between those two. And so now you can find a PLC potentially running a bigger portion of the process or vice versa, right? You've got distributed control systems that are uh, more compact, more cost effective, that are able to compete with PLCs to run smaller portions or individual pieces of equipment. Exactly, exactly. Okay, great. So then can you talk about the pros and cons of using a DCS in place of a PLC and what are some of the typical applications where a user might want to consider doing this? Yeah, so when you think about, again, a, a, let's just, just expand on your definition of a PLC, right? When normally PLCs are thought of as, again, fairly small. They usually do a very specific asset. Uh, they're getting more and more complex as time goes on, but they're usually very good at running a very specific task. And so some, they're usually somewhat simple in terms of their diagnostics and advanced troubleshooting, things like that. Uh, and they're usually a little limited in their scope, right? They're very good at running that one asset, but when you want to expand it, they start to run in some challenges, but they're very good at doing what they do. And like I said, a DCS on the other side is usually a lot more flexible in terms of what it can run, what it can't run. So when you think about what a, some of the pros of installing a DCS where maybe a PLC was before, you're going to think about things that are going to take that to a different level. So things like more sophisticated diagnostic and troubleshooting tools, uh, like maybe higher level analytics, maybe better trenders, maybe more points that you can display. Uh, maybe you can dive a little deeper into, into understanding what went wrong. Uh, so that, that sort of tool set is usually more sophisticated than DCS, simply because it's used to lar running large facilities and lots of different systems. 
it's also very good at expansion, right? So when you're when you're looking at a process and maybe you want to add some additional I/O, maybe you want to combine a couple of auxiliary equipment into one control system, uh, being able to add and expand either from the software standpoint or the hardware I/O is very easy with a DCS because this is what they do, right? They're meant to to add more I/O and be able to expand it with your expanding facility, so that becomes very easy for a DCS. The other thing it's very good at doing is being able to integrate with that larger plant environment. So anytime you want to be able to add visibility, maybe to multiple assets, so maybe you want one asset and you want to run another one, and you want to see the, the relationship between the two, or maybe you're running a, a turbine in one part of the plant, but you want to see its impact on the entire facility. That sort of integration becomes much easier because that DCS is talking to all those devices and can see all the information coming from all of them. So it's very easy to do that. And then again, if you're looking for being able to, like maybe you're dabbling in a digital tool set, or maybe you're, you've got something that your company has invested in, you want to expand in that digital space, uh, that becomes a, a tool that's really beneficial on the DCS side. And these are systems that can integrate very well with, with servers and other um, higher level operating systems that can bring in those advanced tools and run them maybe on-premise or in the cloud. All of that's an easy expansion for a DCS and might be limited for a PLC. But some of the cons are, and some of the things that I think PLCs are generally very good at, are things like, like the cost. A lot of times a DCS system might be more expensive depending on how much IO you're adding. And again, the PLC tends to be very specialized. So for that one asset, so if you're really not interested in doing anything else, but running that one asset, adding a DCS in place of the PLC might be more expensive for you. And then also, the uh, the tools that the PLC is using to run that very specific asset, because again, they tend to be very specialized at certain things. So they have a very good tool set for that one thing. So if you're running a, a particular compressor or a particular uh, turbine, or maybe some part of a pulp process or whatever, the PLC that's running that is designed to run that piece of equipment and probably has exact tools you need. And sometimes a DCS, you might not have that exact type of, of maybe an analytic tool or maybe a diagnostic tool of some kind that is very specific to that asset, you might not have that in the DCS, but you have it in the PLC. So that's one of the cons of installing a DCS in place of a PLC. Now, when you think about the applications uh, that we're talking about, some of the questions you wanna ask yourself, uh, and then we'll go into some specifics, but as a, as a user of a system, and you wanna find out if a DCS might be right for you, you wanna think about things like, hey, am I looking to reduce complexity in my plant? Am I looking to maybe unify control systems uh, together under one system where maybe I've got some I.O. that's maybe separated from the rest and they're currently run by PLC, but I'd like to bring them in to the larger plant control or the larger DCS, then maybe having those, uh, replacing those existing PLCs with DCS systems that can seamlessly communicate with the rest of the process works fairly well for you. So if you're looking to reduce complexity and you want to uh, do that through adding I.O., DCS might be the one for you. If you're also faced with, which a lot of our customers come to us all the time, and they talk about this sort of absence of knowledge that's happening to them, right? As some of the, the operators that have a lot of experience are leaving or they're retiring or whatever, and you've got the influx of new folks that are coming in that might ha not have as much experience uh, with some of the tools that you have, and you want something that's a little more intuitive, maybe it has some more advanced troubleshooting, something that they can easily get from, hey, this is happening to me, to an answer of what I do about it. Uh, that's where a DCS system might help you out. And then finally, when you're looking at a place where you're saying, again, you want to look at that, you want to expand the visibility of your entire plant. And you're saying, I want to understand how this one particular asset impacts my entire facility. Uh, and I want to understand that tie-in a little bit better. A DCS might, might make sense to you. 
Or again, if you're dabbling in things like, hey, I want to I want to use a, a machine learning algorithm or I want to tie in some artificial intelligence. I want to improve my efficiency in some way using some sort of mathematical model or I want to tie in some maybe some fairly sophisticated simulations so that I can improve some output in my facility. Uh, that's when you really want to start talking about a DCS, because, again, the PLCs are going to be somewhat limited uh, in terms of their ability to add on new incremental functionality. Whereas a DCS ties very well into all of these new digital tools that we're all experiencing and starting to play around with to see what we can drive in terms of improving that overall process efficiency. So those are some questions you might ask yourself uh, if you're looking to replace a, D a PLC and you want, you're thinking about a DCS system. Now some specific examples just to get down to kind of some specifics for people is like, say you're, uh, you're running a paper facility and you're looking to maybe upgrade the controller for a burner management system but you're also thinking, hey, I want, want to improve my overall steam management of the whole plant. Well, that would be an ideal case for a DCS because you might add in some advanced process control. You might be able to combine that I.O. from the maybe the steam turbines into the burner management. So you're looking at it as, a, as a system rather than individual units. Uh, so that's where a DCS system makes a lot of sense. Or maybe you're building a pipeline and you've got multiple compressor stations that are spread across some geographic distance. And you want them to start talking to each other to help optimize the flow across that pipeline. Or maybe you're looking at how to tie that into some cybersecurity uh, systems so that you can better understand if, if an impact has happened because of a threat. Then that that's, the DCS makes sense there, right? Because it can easily tie in multiple systems together. It can display it all in one place, either locally or remotely. And a PLC is going to be challenged there to be able to tie in that many assets under one system. And then maybe you're looking at it, you have a single asset and it's very critical to your operation. Uh, and so you want to have redundancy in your control system. Well, that's something that PLCs are traditionally, it's more difficult for them to become redundant because essentially what you end up doing is installing two simplex PLCs and then tying them together. And a lot of times that tie-in isn't perfect. And so what you really want to think about is if you had a redundant control system that had maybe redundant controllers, redundant power supplies, redundant communication, all that's built into the DCS system. And it's a natural part of almost all DCS, system, DCS systems that exist today. Uh, so it's not, a, it's not a big leap for these types of systems. And so it's really seamless and really easy to be able to get that redundancy that you're looking for to protect that asset. So those are just some examples of when you might actually specifically look at a DCS in terms of actual examples. Okay, so I took some notes and I'm going to try to recap. You let me know if I get something wrong. Okay. So the pros of using, potentially using a DCS in place of a PLC, things like advanced diagnostics, being able to integrate across multiple pieces of equipment and aggregate that data, right, for then using in things like digital apps or other types of um, more advanced diagnostics, like we mentioned initially. Also, and you didn't say this in the beginning when you're talking about pros and cons, but I just heard it when you're talking about the examples, redundancy seems like right. a pro of using a DCS. Okay. And then yeah, the cons would be cost, especially if you're trying to, if you only really need to control like one or two pieces of equipment, then you may be better off just sticking with, you know, the PLC. Um, or if you need something that is like very fit for purpose, very specific, that would be another reason to want to stick with a PLC. <clears throat> yes, right. That's exactly right. So if you're, if you're really someone who says, you know, this asset is, is, is very important to me and I need a very specialized control system, and I'm really not interested in doing anything different. 
then a PLC is probably going to make more sense for you. Okay. Um, and then talking about some applications. So if you wanted to reduce complex, so I might have been confused here. I might have put this as two and maybe it was one. I thought you're saying like one application would be if you want to reduce complexity through by adding I.O. And then another one would be if you wanted to unify across control systems or was that kind of all one application? They're kind of similar, right? So it, yeah. you look at it a diff couple of different ways, right? Is, is one a lot of times, like say someone is running uh, a steam turbine and they want to add in some of the auxiliary equipment next to it. Like maybe they want to add in the the control of the HRST, the heat recovery unit, or maybe they want to add in the control for the burner management that's connected to the boiler. Um, maybe they want to tie that all into one system so they can kind of see the entire process work. Then essentially you're just, you're reducing complexity because you're bringing all that IO into one control system, but you're also expanding the IO of the steam turbine by including the other assets under it. So it's kind of the same thing, but it's all about reducing the number and type of control systems that I have at the facility. Yeah, okay, that makes a lot of sense. And then also under applications, if you are struggling with either, you know, loss of personnel, people retiring, um, and so you have a reduction in your knowledge um, and you need more guidance, then a DCS is able to provide you with more guidance and um, like diagnostics and suggestions, things like that, right? That's right. Yeah. Modern DCS systems are getting very good at this part of it, right? Where they're, whether it's a, an alarm that you have that's going off where you want to be able to, you know, right click the alarm from the screen and go in and get maybe get some alarm help. Maybe you want to see the, the particular location of the alarm. Maybe you want to get some guidance on what to do about the alarm. Uh, all Most modern DCS systems have that capability. And then many of them are getting very good at sort of the, the diagnostic trending like a lot of people ask us around hey how does a trender work and what can i see uh, in terms of how many points can i bring in how many different types of data can i see how long can i look back can i tie it into my historian you know those types of things so if you set your system up right from the beginning then someone who's relatively new at running the operation uh, but they obviously have to have some basis in your process and some basis basic working knowledge of a control system but they can go in there fairly easily and try, start to see, okay, I've got this issue in one location of my facility. Uh, and now if I go back and I look at my, my trending that I've, I've built already, I can see, oh, look at that. I've got an upset here in maybe a temperature of one part of my facility. So I need to go down and look at what's happening there with that temperature and why is it dropping or whatever it happens to be. But you can fairly easily do that with a lot of the diagnostic tools that DCS systems have. And the PLCs, yeah, they might be very good if it's that one asset, but a lot of times, especially in today's facilities, right, all of the assets are interlinked, right? So one, you know, one asset that's having issue that might actually be a result of something that happened ahead of it or might be causing an issue and something that's behind it. And so to be able to see the entire process in one place and have that all tied in and the, the deeper you can get into those assets in terms of being able to actually see the individual's field signals rather than just seeing the entire the, the entire PLC as a unit. Uh, you can get a lot deeper into what's happening. So the more you can tie that in and, and see everything, the smarter your operators can be and hopefully the more efficient their decision making can be. Right. And then I think that also ties in a bit with kind of the last application around analytics, optimization, digitalization, simulation, kind of these this advanced layer of tools being available to help um, make better decisions uh, maybe operate with, you know, less knowledge available, um, things like that. Right. And this is an area where we see 
a tremendous amount of interest, right? We get everything from, you know, people that come to us and say, you know what, I'm really interested in, in digital tools, but I'm just not sure how to invest to people that have said, you know what, I really liked what this, uh, this uh, digital tools could do for me. So I bought a software company and they're actually helping me optimize my, my software toolkit. Um, so we get a whole variety of folks that are that see this sort of what we're calling digital space, which is a huge term for a lot of different tools, but is essentially using advanced data sets to be able to drive some sort of improvement for your facility, whether it's linking together your control system with your your inbound enterprise relationship system so that you can see inbound demand as your so your process can react, or maybe it's uh, being able to apply a, some sort of digital twin to your asset so that it can have another point in there that's indicating if something is going wrong. Uh, so there's a lot of different things under this digital space that can really help you improve your uh, overall facility. And when you have something like a, a PLC in place, although some of them are getting better at being able to do this, you simply don't get the, the level of data that you would have if you were using it through a DCS system. And the ability to tie that seamlessly, like a lot of times you want to aggregate this data You've got to do something with it. You've got to store it in some external device. And then you're either going to run this analytic on premise or you're going to run it in the cloud. And so you're, you've got to be able to facilitate the movement of that data seamlessly across your facility. And if everything is tied together under one sort of distributed control system, it just makes that process that much easier. So if you're thinking about going into the digital space and you're curious about what these tools might do for you, a good first step is to start looking at your control systems and seeing you know what, I've got to upgrade certainly anything that's a mechanical to a digital system, but anything that is running a, a relatively simple PLC that might be you know, 20 years old, 15 years old, or maybe even a newer system that just needs you to replace with something that's a little more robust, uh, that has the CPU capability to be able to analyze all this information for you. That, that could be an easy first step for you is to start implementing these changes where you're replacing aged uh, control systems with newer modern ones that can have a lot of this capability that you're going to be looking for in the future. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And then um, getting into the examples that you talked about, which I thought were really good. So you talked about a paper facility that may be looking to upgrade their burner management controller, but maybe they also want to look to improve the steam management of their overall plant. And so that would be a good case for wanting to maybe add a DCS that can um, unify this data and, and give you one view across multiple pieces of equipment across your process so that you can uh, look to make that improvement to the steam management as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, we, we, see, we see this a lot across a lot of industries, right, where especially in the steam space, where you've got a bunch of equipment that's using that process steam for something, whether it's generating electricity or it's actually being used for heat recovery or you're, you're using it for as an energy source. All of those things, uh, any any process that uses those, right, whether it's in the I, I just talked about a paper facility, but you could just as well be in a, in a metals facility or even a specialty chemical or even in a power facility. Um, you can take this example and say, hey, you know what, I want to be able to tie anything that touches the steam into one system so that I can then make better educated decisions about how to use that steam, right? And now there's even advanced digital tools like different process control tools that you can use to layer over the top of that to tie all in and be able to optimize the use of that steam so that you can really get everything you can out of that energy that's pent up in that in that steam that you're generating. Yeah. Yeah, and then the next example was a pipeline that would have, you know, multiple compressor stations that are located 
uh, apart from each other along the pipeline. And maybe you want to optimize the flow or maybe you want to tie in with cybersecurity across the whole system. So that's another case where a DCS could help you do those things. Um, and then critical assets, right? So uh, if you have a critical asset that you want to make, you want to implement redundancy with, that's another case as we talked about, you know, PLCs are are not um, not really geared towards redundancy. Like you said, you, the, you would typically do two simplex PLCs and you'd have to tie them together and that's not necessarily always going to work exactly the way you would hope it would. So DCS gives you a lot more flexibility around redundancy is what I think I'm understanding. Yeah, that's that's absolutely true. And, and like I said, some some PLCs are a little bit better at redundancy than others, but for the most part, uh, tying two simplex PLCs together isn't isn't ideal. And and like I mentioned, the DCS systems today are generally redundant, so redundancy is very familiar to them. Uh, and we've all gotten very good at designing systems that uh, don't have single points of failure, or very few of them. So being able to have that uh, luxury of having that all tied into one system where you don't have to worry about it, you've got that redundancy you need for that particular critical asset. Uh, inside of one actual hardware system just makes life a lot easier uh, versus having to think through these these two systems and making sure they're they're actually communicating and they're successfully tying into one another when one fails. Uh, you don't have to worry about all that because it's already built into a modern day DCS. Yeah. And so going back to the cons, I mean, the first con we talked about was cost, and that seems like the main potential downside of trying to leverage DCS in place of a PLC. Um, obviously, if you really need the fit for purpose, uh, specialized control, then you might need to stick with a PLC. But the biggest kind of barrier to me seems like cost. And if that's the case, um, you know, is there, I think I'm understanding that over time, the price of equipment has come down and, you know, so control systems, the price of them is coming down as well to make them more competitive with PLCs. Is that is that the case? Do you have anything that you would add to that? That's absolutely true. I, I think um, in, in years past, right, it was sort of this, this assumption that DCS systems are only geared for large plant facilities. But I think with modern day electronics uh, being the way they are, and the nice thing about these distributed control systems is a lot of times you can limit the amount of extra overhead you, can, you, you need as opposed to with a PLC. Um, so a lot of times you can flex these systems into very tight spaces, very small areas, uh, and you can install them with minimal equipment. And so the ability to do that has really reduced the entire cost. So I would certainly encourage uh, anyone who's thinking about this and would like some of these benefits we're talking about to at least ask some questions of your, you know, your 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 favorite control supplier and find out you know, what what can they do in this space? Because a lot of times you can find that they that price wise they will be fairly competitive. Uh, and especially down at, you know, a lot of times there's an assumption that if I get down to 7,500 IO, that a DCS system won't be able to compete with a PLC. But in some instances, it's not, that's not accurate, right? And so again, if you're if you're someone who is is looking to do more with their system, uh, and you're, you're you might be a little bit unique in terms of your your asset that you're trying to control or something like that, but you're curious about what a DCS system could do, I would encourage you to have a discussion with someone who can supply you a, a good DCS system because a lot of times you'll find that. Uh, the price might actually be more competitive than a PLC, depending on the asset. And then sometimes it might just be a little more expensive to the point where you're like, you know, it's worth it to me to prepare myself for the digital future. And I want to have have this additional capability. 
Or like I mentioned, you might just say, hey, this this DCS system, uh, although a little bit more expensive, allows me to tie together four different assets that I didn't have before. Uh, and I like that. So depending on what your actual needs are, I would definitely encourage you to take a look at it because a lot of the assumptions we used to have just aren't true anymore because the way the uh, electronics costs are moving and the, and the flexibility of the DCS system. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I mean, even if you decide, nope, it is more expensive and it's not worth it to me today, it's still good to have an understanding of what it looks like and refresh your knowledge of, you know, the reality of today's situation with DCS so that you can plan for your future and see if this is something you might want to even consider down the road. Absolutely. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't make any assumptions when it comes to the price of these systems, especially even if you've the price went up in the last five years, I'd still have a look at it and just see where it's at today. Yeah. Um. So this is we do try to make this podcast so that it's fairly vendor agnostic and hopefully we're providing helpful information for our listeners, regardless of who their favorite control system provider is, although we hope that it's Nexus Controls. But um, since it is a Nexus Controls podcast, I like to give my guests a chance to talk about what Nexus Controls can do in particular to help on these topics. So um I think that we have a pretty competitive control system with PLCs. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. We have a, a control system that that is actually um, geared exactly for this, right? So we have a, a control system that's, that's that's called Nexus Encore control system. And it, on its basis, it has a variety of tool sets, right? It's got all the things we're talking about, right? We've really designed it to be uh, have an intuitive software set. Uh, it's got that advanced troubleshooting we talked about. Um, the hardware, what we're releasing right now is that the hardware can now be installed both in a traditional size cabinet. So if you're running a, a larger system or we have what's called our Nexus Encore compact control system that can slide into a, a 19, 19 inch rack space or some other small space. Maybe that was previously occupied by a PLC or some other mechanical control system. Maybe that's just aged and ready to be replaced. So this Nexus Encore control system can run the gamut from down to being competitive down to 50 to 75 IO for a compact system, all the way to a 30,000 IO facility. Uh, so again, if you're looking for that option to be able to install something in a tight space, the compact is a great way to go. It has uh, a simplex controller, simplex IO, um, simplex power supply, all in that small 19 inch rack and can handle up to nine IO modules, which have an, on average between 16 and 32 IO channels per board, depending on what type of board it is. So it can handle a tremendous amount of I.O. in that small configuration. Uh, so it's really designed to be able to give you that DCS capability in that small, compact, tight space uh, that was typically occupied by a PLC. Uh, and the other benefit of it, it comes with the software that we use on our Nexus Encore control system, which is the same software that might be running a 30,000 I.O. system, is now going to run your small system that you're trying to design to. So whether you have a huge facility or a small facility, you've got a large asset or a small asset, the Nexus Encore control system can flex for you and it's going to unify it under one software package that, again, is easy to use, has all those advanced troubleshooting tools that you have. We can provide simulations. We have a simple licensing uh, technology that we use uh, that simplifies your life in terms of, hey, I have a system now. I want to expand it in the future. No big deal. We can accommodate that. So it's a very nice control system for anyone that's looking for the best of what's today, but also looking to expand in the future. Nice. Yeah. I mean, it sounds good to me. If I was in the market for a control system, <laughs> I would Absolutely. definitely want the Nexus Encore. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Anyone who has a has a what we what we're told over and over is anyone who has a 
basis, basic working knowledge of a control system can pick this software up and easily use it within a matter of minutes and can be comfortable with it very quickly. So we find the software to be very, very intuitive and easy to use for, for most users. Nice. Awesome. All right. Well, I think that is all the questions I had for you. Before we wrap up, do you have anything else that you'd like to add on the topic that we maybe didn't cover yet? One thing I did want to talk about, because we talked a lot about just control systems and what they can offer, but one, one thing I don't want people to underestimate is the power of a good partner, right, in that control system. So when you're thinking about buying a control system, also think about who you're buying it from. And so when you're really thinking about that, you want to think about a partner who who wants to really listen to your needs as a customer, and they're not going to try to oversell you or undersell you. They're going to try to provide something that's going to meet your needs. Um, and you want someone who's going to be there at every step of the way. So if you look at like Nexus Controls, for instance, uh, you want to be able to have someone who has a dedicated project manager that stays aligned with you at every step. So someone who is basically your um, your partner in the whole entire process and will be there from step from day one all the way through delivery. Uh, and then you want a company that can support both in-person and virtual acceptance tests. And that's becoming obviously with the current environment we're in, being able to do virtual acceptance tests so you can actually see maybe your your folks can't yet travel to uh, our facilities just because of your own restrictions in your company, uh, but they can still be able to virtually see their product being tested and make sure they're absolutely comfortable with it before we ship it to your facility. And then finally, have someone who comes out and meets you at your facility and helps you through the installation process, not just to make sure everything's working, but also to make sure it's performing to your expectations and that you understand how to use it. So don't underestimate the power of a good partner uh, as you're looking to upgrade these control systems. Yeah, that is a great point. All right, well, I think that does it for this episode. Thank you so much for coming on, Nate, and hopefully I can talk you into doing another one in the future. Yeah, thank you very much, Michelle. I had a great time. I appreciate it. Awesome. Have a great day. Thanks, everyone, for joining me for today's episode of Interactive Control, where we discuss the differences between distributed control systems and programmable logic controllers, including when you might want to use either. We at Nexus Controls hope you found this discussion helpful. If so, please subscribe to our podcast and tell all your control friends about us. You may also want to check out our website at nexuscontrols.com, where you can learn more about our Nexus Controls Encore control system and our other control solutions. Lastly, don't forget the title of this podcast is Interactive Control for a Reason. If you have a topic you'd like us to discuss that we haven't yet, or if you'd be interested in being a guest on our show, please send me a message over LinkedIn or email and we'll do our best to cover it in a future episode. Thanks again, and bye for now.